Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Titus was refreshed that they repented, and the Apostle Paul is refreshed because he sees what it did in Titus's heart. Encouragement is contagious. Joy is contagious, but it requires something. It requires us, all of us, to be willing to receive encouragement and joy and then redistribute it to others. One of the most exciting parts of following Jesus is that there's always something to be thankful for. Today, Pastor Jim explains how to look for joy and blessing in an uncommon place, the life of others. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7 with part one of his message entitled, Another Reason to Rejoice. I am concerned. I am concerned that many people, Christian, non-Christian, seem to be going through life thinking that there is little to be thankful for. So many people are up in arms about what they don't have. So many people are up in arms about what's wrong. And that's okay, but in the midst of all that, it is very easy to miss what we do have and how we have been blessed. The response of many people vary. A great many people seem to withdraw After all, people are the problem, right? Life would be easier without people, you'll often hear people say. I've heard pastors say ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people, to which I say, you should quit. (laughs) People, we think we can control people, but we really can't. What do many Christians do when they have some bad experiences or things not going their way? Often, a lot of them, they just quit church. It's easier, or so it seems. I think that today's passage that we're going to look at, which is largely regarded by scholars as a transition passage, would disagree. Transition passage, he's moving us from what he's talking about into the generosity, the offering the Apostle Paul is taking for the church down in Jerusalem. He's writing to Corinthians in southern Greece, church full of problems. And earlier in the chapter, chapter 7, verse 4, he makes an odd statement. He says, great is my boldness of speech toward you. He's been honest to them. He's writing to them. He had a fellow by the name of Titus, who we'll be talking a lot about today, take a letter to them that's called the severe letter. We don't have it. We don't know what it is. And so he was honest with them about the problems in their church. A lot of sin in the camp. A lot of criticism of their founder, the Apostle Paul, some false teachers coming in trying to steal the flock away from God. He says, great was my boldness of speech toward you. When I wrote to you, I was honest. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I actually had good things to say about you. People think you're too far gone. But I said, no, no, no. I I went there and preached. I started that church. I saw the Lord's work in those people. I am filled with comfort. 
Now, if it stopped right there, you'd think there's nothing odd about that verse. But now looks what he says. He says, I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. We know that the Apostle Paul, as he traveled around the Roman Empire, he preached and he traveled and he suffered quite a bit, getting beat up, sick, shipwrecked, arrested. And that was on the good days. He had a lot of trouble. Yet he rejoiced in the troubles that he had, and he continued on. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is talking about his trouble with the Corinthian church. This is a church that he was at odds with, unlike the churches to the north, Thessalonians, Bereans, Philippians, who he got along quite well with. Those were the happening churches. They were the poor churches. The Corinthian church is the rich church. And he's been at odds with them, and he says, I'm exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. He's actually joyful in the problems that has existed between them. So he went there to address the problems. It was a painful visit, got ugly, left, wrote this severe letter, and he says to his friend Titus, his protege, I want you to take it to them. I'm just picture yourself in that. Here you have the Apostle Paul saying, you know, I wrote a letter. I'm not sure if it's the word of the Lord. I want to run it by you guys. What do you think? And he reads this severe letter. And they're all looking at each other like, oh boy. <laughs> Would like to be a fly on the wall for that one. And then everybody leaves and oh, call Titus into my office. Titus, how'd you like to be the fly? <laughs> how would you like to bring that letter to these people? Man, scary. But Titus went there and he returned and he said, man, you're not going to believe it. I saw the work of the Lord. He saw what we talked about last week, that there was godly sorrow that produced repentance. They realized that their sin was against God. There's still problems there, but things seem to be getting better. Now, what would you say if you were the Apostle Paul? You're like, he's like, well, they seem to be getting better. Not everything. What would you be like? Oh, praise the Lord. I don't think so. Most of us would be like, they better get better. But it, that's not what it says here. It says that he experienced joy. How did he experience joy? Well, I'm going to maintain to you today that he experienced joy by drinking from one of God's most abundant fountains of joy. But most people rarely drink from it. In fact, I would maintain that probably a lot of you would say it was news to me. I didn't even know that this fountain of joy existed. You say, what is it, Pastor Jim? The Apostle Paul experienced joy. He experienced encouragement. He experienced God's strength as he saw the work of the Lord in other people. That kind of goes against our American way of thinking of my personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, it is your personal relationship. It's personal, but it's also public. It is also to be shared. It is also to enjoy other people's relationship with the Lord. And so the title of our message is, Another reason to rejoice. Why another reason? Because there are many. You could say another reason to be part of a Bible-teaching local church. Why? Because there are many. 
Notice what he says, verse 13. He says, therefore, we have been comforted in your comfort. I actually think that belongs with verse 12. The verses are not inspired by God. Somebody divided them up. Very helpful, but really has to do with the last section. But look at the emotion that he says in the rest of verse 13. And we rejoiced exceedingly more for the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. So Titus comes back from Corinth after delivering this message, after delivering this letter. They had read it. He thought that they were going to be all angry and unnerved probably by it. They got to hear some tough things from the apostle. He realizes things could have gone very bad. And Paul writes this, but Titus, his spirit has been refreshed by you all. If you're from the south, it's by y'all. So he was refreshed by the Corinthian church. Again, probably nervous going there. You know how it is when you got to do something you don't really want to do. You tell your friends, well, um, I really don't know what to expect. Can you pray for me? Please remember me. But when he got there and he realized something immediately, that the Lord had gone before him. When he expected this kind of bizarre reaction or maybe heated reaction, he didn't get exactly what he thought was going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. Sometimes you will go into a place and you will realize that the Lord has walked before you. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It means that the Lord is with you. And there will be battles. Yes, the news was good, but what the Apostle Paul says is so odd. You think he would say, well, I'm glad they're not stabbing me in the back anymore. Well, I'm glad they're coming to their senses. Remember, the Apostle Paul represents the Word of God to people, so of course he wants his teaching to be embraced. But what he says is amazing. He says, we rejoiced exceedingly more for the joy of Titus. Titus was overjoyed that he had seen the Lord work, and the Apostle Paul was overjoyed to hear about it from Titus and the effect that it had on Titus's faith. So as Titus is telling him, and as Titus's faith, he's oh man, I'm really, I was so excited. This is what the Lord was doing. You should have seen it, Paul. You should have been there. It was so amazing how these people reacted, and, and it was really awesome, and I loved it. And he sees Titus's faith growing right before him, and that's what excites him. Not that his reputation's doing better. Not that maybe some of his enemies say we need to rethink it. He is excited about Titus. Now, knowing the Corinthian church, they like to play favorites. It's quite possible now they like Titus better than they like Paul, but that doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to him. The verb tense here is continuous. It goes something like this. Many people in the Corinthian church were refreshed as they repented. Titus was refreshed by the Lord as they repented, which tells us what about Titus? If you're excited about somebody that repents, what does it tell us about you? That you take sin seriously. And when you see someone realize their sin is against God, you are excited for their realization of that. So the Corinthians were refreshed through repenting. Titus was refreshed that they repented. And the Apostle Paul is refreshed because he sees what it did in Titus's heart. Encouragement is contagious. Joy is contagious, but it requires something. It requires us, all of us, to be willing to receive encouragement and joy and then redistribute it to others. 
It requires us to be on the lookout for the Lord's work in other people. I mean, think about it. Just think about it. By giving and receiving the grace of God through others in the body of Christ, instead of just worrying about how your life is going, the possibilities are huge. Imagine what the Lord could do and what the Lord would do in any church where the people of God sought the joy of others. I mean, that's what they were about. We're about others. And as you are about the joy of others, God fills your tank. Do you see what an endless fountain that would be? Every time you talk with someone, every time you meet someone new, every time you encourage someone, every time they encourage you, every time someone changes, it is the opportunity for God to enlarge your heart. When you come to love Jesus, what happens is you're like the Grinch. I cry when I watch the Dr. Seuss cartoon every time. When it's on, I always watch it. Because when his little heart becomes enlarged, that's what God does to people. And here an apostle, you have to really understand this. Here an apostle says, the joy of another brother's Christian growth enlarged my heart. That means there is no limit on how God can supply grace and can enlarge our hearts. He always wants to enlarge our hearts. Now, if you're new to the Christian faith, or you don't, you're here, you don't, you're like, I don't know anything about it. That's great. I'm glad you're here. This is not phony stuff. Very famous verse that we sort of tout, I think, a little bit too casually. Romans 12, 15, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, here's the problem when you think of it as a command. You do it as a command. And I'm only doing this because I had to. Do you think heaven's like, wow, impressive. <laughs> but when we do what the Bible commands us to do, there is something of the power of God attached to it. So as we rejoice with those who rejoice, as we rejoice with them, we share, and oh, that's great news, that's great news. God is enlarging their heart through us, and he's enlarging our heart through them. When we sorrow with people who sorrow, God is enlarging the hearts of both parties. And part of the reason God does this kind of stuff for us loved ones is so we realize this thing is real. God gives us grace markers all along our Christian faith so we know that this thing is real. I've heard from so many people, man, you know what? I was so down in the dumps. I came to church today. Man, the devil was dialoguing with me the whole ride there. And I got there. I was so down in the dumps. And when I left, man, I was so glad. Because what? Because God imparted grace. Now, it's not ignoring sin. That's what much of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians is about. What he's talking about is, well, what, what we're getting at is the people of God in the church experiencing the ups and downs of life together. The church is to be a place, among other things, where our love and our joy and our sorrow and our pain 
are closely tied to one another. The apostles never, never, never envision the Christian life as one that is lived independently and untouched by the sorrow and joy of others. Never. Especially our Christian brothers and sisters. Jesus and the apostles had no vision that some people come to church eternally miserable and others are wasting all their energy trying to make them happy. Some of you, if you're eternally miserable, praise God, you're going to change. You're going to change. And you're probably a little discouraged with me because I don't play that game. Right? I want you to find your joy in God, not in the fact that Pastor Jim talks to you. That is very dysfunctional. Do you have any friendships like that where one's miserable and the other one's job seems to be to make them happy? That is a dysfunctional friendship. You're like, oh, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Together, we are to fight for joy. Sometimes we're going to be banged up. That's okay. Of course. You have a death in the family, you should be sad. You should be sad. But together we fight for joy, which often comes, joy often comes in seeing God's work in others and rejoicing in God's work. Seriously, you want to be a distributor of this? You get close to people and you see the work of God in them. Please Tell them you see it. Testify. Tell the truth. Say, you know what? I see God at work in you in this way. I tangibly see it. And you watch. They might not even see it. You watch. God conveys grace to them and to you also. And you start doing that to people and people will come up to you and go, you know what, man? You're really an encourager. You used to be Debbie Downer, no offense to the Debbies, but used to be Debbie Downer, but now you're an encourager. God is at work in you, and you're like, man, how is it? It's like a round robin of God's grace. Look what he says, verse 14. For if in anything I have boasted about you, I am not ashamed. But as we spoke all things to you in truth, even so, our boasting to Titus was found true. So he's using a word boasting. We think of bragging, right? And what, are we supposed to become braggarts? No, that's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, listen, I'm sure, this is a parenthesis, Pastor Jim opinion, the Corinthian church had a bad reputation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read 1 Corinthians. Bad place. I'm sure that people were like, they've given up on them. And the Apostle Paul's like, no, man, I was there. I saw it. It's working. God's working. So he wasn't ashamed to say that God was at work. So what is boasting? Boasting in the Lord is testifying to the goodness and graciousness of God. Boasting as it pertains to one another is boasting. It is a celebration of the Lord's work. We need to celebrate the Lord's work in one another. People thought that the Corinthian church was too far gone. The Apostle Paul disagreed. Were there problems? Gobs of problems. That's why he said, we spoke all things to you in truth. 
But we must understand this. Problems does not mean the Lord is at work. The presence of problems does not mean that the Lord is not there. We often say this. Well, we say problems are the opportunity for the Lord to work. Almost like it's like God's opportunity. Well, here's his chance. We had to give God a chance. And that is true. Problems are the opportunity for the Lord to work. But problems are also the opportunity for us to see God work. So you're serving together in a ministry and there's something that's not going right. What do you do? Ah, ridiculous. This is so dumb. Ah, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. Or you can actually take the opportunity to see the Lord work and you can bond together and figure out what's the best course of action. Perhaps he needed to say this to Titus because Titus just didn't see it. Maybe we don't see it either. When they're all problems, people say stuff like this. They, they need grace. You've got to really ask people what they mean by that. Most people think grace is, is forgiveness, and that's true. We all need to forgive. Others will say, I think with others it's more like this, well, they need grace. Translation, let me him say, right? What, what they really mean is it's always going to be the same and you better get used to it. <laughs> but biblically, what is grace? There's a lot of things we could say about it, but I try to give you a different definition of it every time so you remember it. So I've chosen two F words today. Sorry, that's a bad thing to say. You'll have to edit the tape for that. Um, <laughs> grace is forgiveness and fuel. It's forgiveness of sins and the fuel of the Spirit of God to change. But not just so you change, so we all see you change. And as you change, it enlarges our faith. And as any one of us changes, as I change, it enlarges your faith. One of the most wonderful things some of the older people in this church that have been here a while have said to me is it has been wonderful to see you grow into being a pastor. My heart is bigger than my town when people say that to me. Because I know I'm not a perfect man. I know I have a lot of flaws. But for them to see the good of what God is doing means everything to me. And I'm not a person who requires a lot of encouragement to keep going. I'm not a lot of person, I mean, people have criticism, I eat the chicken and I spit out the bones. I'm just not wired that way. But imagine a church where people were into dispensing that level of grace to one another. So the Apostle Paul is rejoicing in God's work through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which he sees in their lives. But here's the important key. He's looking for it. You have to be looking for this fountain of grace, or you're just not going to see it. If you're only looking for the flaws in people, if you're only looking for what's wrong, you will not see what God is doing. Verse 15, and his affections, and this is Titus, 
Titus' joy and excitement and love that's growing for the Corinthian church. His affections are greater for you as he remembers the what? The great food that they had down in Corinth, the great sightseeing trips, the beach. No, no, as he remembers, look at this, the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. Thank you for listening to Change by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.